You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Welcome back to the Grand Designs Podcast. I'm DJ Grand, and once again, my partner in crime is Jerry. Hello. Um, before you start, I'd like to tell you where, how you can get a hold of us. Our email address is granddesignspodcast at yahoo.com. You can also go to our website at granddesignspodcast.com and hit the, the What Are You Thinking link and give us your feedback on there. On Instagram, it's as to Grand Designs Podcast, and on Twitter, it's Grand Designs Pod. Today, we're going to be talking about college athletes and should they be paid. To start off, I think there's an epistemological problem with the NCAA. By that, what I mean is they don't really narrow down or hold down their concept of what it means to be an amateur. Because for them, it's whatever it wants to be, whatever it gets them by. It's sort of pragmatic in that way. And, and an amateur, when you look it up in the dictionary, especially in the context of sports, is someone who is not being paid. So the question is, should a college athlete be paid? Uh, I'm midway. I'm kind of like on the fence on this because in a way I would say no because they get their four-year scholarship. Well, not four years, but they do get a scholarship. They get it paid. There's other things we'll get into that they do get benefits from. But in terms of student athlete, when it all started – we're going back to 1955. Walter Byers, the NCAA's first executive director, he created the term student athlete, actually in the 50s. And it was to help fight the NCAA, fight against workman's compensation insurance, really claims for injured football players. And that came to uh, help them in 55 when a Colorado player had passed away for the Fort Lewis A&M Aggies. They, his wife filed the workman's compensation death benefits. And the Colorado Supreme Court agreed with the NCAA that she was not eligible for it because college was not in the football business. Now we come on now to 2019. They're in the football business now. But yet this is the term that they still use today as student athlete. Well, there's the problem again. They're not, they don't define exactly what it means to be a student athlete, just like what it means to be an amateur. It can be anything they want, whatever will fit what, their, whatever their, they benefit. And yeah, whatever fits their benefit. At one time, uh, if you were just paid, you could not participate within the college sports. There's a, a swimmer. I can't remember his name. He, uh, was from a different country and that country paid him almost three quarters of a million dollars. And the NCAA overlooked that and said that was okay. But technically, he is a paid uh, athlete now, and he went on to win. He actually beat Michael Phelps. Uh, was in uh, was Michael Phelps was just coming down. He already broke the record for his uh, whatever eight, twelve gold medals he had. So I forget the country, but the point being is Rick Emmett, who is the I think the director now of the NCAA, said he waived it. Said it was okay. It was different because tennis players they do get to make ten thousand dollars. There are certain pockets and rules in different sports. Uh, uh, football players, they get $550 gift bags when they go to a bowl game. 
So there are little things that they get that the NCAA saying that it's okay if they get this compensation, they're not paid athletes. Once again, it's they they're not defining what it means because in one instance that this means a paid athlete, in a different instance, it's a whole nother a whole different definition. They're not they're not narrowing it down. It's actually a floating abstraction, and a floating abstraction means there's no connection to a concrete. The concrete is what actually exists. An abstraction does not exist. What they're doing is allowing it to float so that it can mean anything they want. They can place it any way they want. So however it means to them, so what will get them through. Well, and obviously times have changed because back in the 50s, this worked well with them. The players or the athletes that went and played for their college, it was more of a loyalty, dedication. It was more of an honor, too. It wasn't about even the thinking about pro sports. Now it's become a big business. And in the 50s, there really wasn't a TV contract. So there wasn't revenue coming in. Now it's huge, huge business. The University of Texas brought in $92 million alone last year. That was off their Big Ten, just a Big 12 network, no, the Texas Longhorn Network. They're the only university that has their own network. The Big Ten Conference has their network. No, the revenues. SEC has their network, yeah. Correct. But those revenues now go to, oh, when we were going up, we were little. Michigan always dominated. It was always Michigan, Ohio State, because Indiana, they didn't get a lot of money. There wasn't a lot of TV contracts. Well, no one still watches Indiana, but they're still going to get a guaranteed nine, ten million whichever equally split it up from the revenue from the Big Ten Conference. So now it's become a big business. And but with use- that, also with that, though, also comes a lot of debt because you're, tra- you're using one that is in the black, but I can name you 20 that are in, in, the, in the red because they'll, they'll buy a big uh, billboard, they'll buy big TV, and it puts them I remember I'm um, going back to like the 90s now when Eastern Michigan, I forget the library, was just built brand new, the Halley Library maybe. Yes. And I remember I just I just got a job working there and I asked him, my boss from well, the library, it looked brand new, how old was it? And he goes, it's one year old. And he w- looked at me and said, you know where it came from? From the football team going to Michigan and getting their brains beat out for a $3.4 million piece of the pie just to go visit. Now, if you paid the athletes, there goes that library because the, the money would go to the athletes instead of to the library. But all these games now, like, for example, Eastern Michigan went down and played Auburn. And that was big money for them. So now it's basically the institutions are sending out the athletes to play in these big ticket games, Texas, Michigan's, just for that payout, knowing full well they're going to get their just destroyed on the field. It's going to take one for the Gipper for the home team. Now, when you get the, the athletes now, are they entitled to any of that money that they're bringing in? Not that particular money. Because uh, – if you want to get into names and images and likenesses, I would say they they it's them. They they deserve that. They earn that because it's them. Well, but the university owns the property. The university owns the uniform. The university owns the field. They that is property rights. They should get the money. Now, but I kind of agree with Chris Rubber in the in the aspect. If you're walking down the street and you see a jersey with your name on the back, yeah, it's a Michigan on the front, but your name's on the back, and the school selling these, bringing in. Just a lot of money, and you're not seeing a penny. Well, that's what goes to the images, because that is a sort of an image or likeness of Chris, Chris Weber. So I would agree with you on that. They deserve to get paid. I'm not going to agree with you. That's the same thing because the image Ed O'Bannon he turned that around when he won from the uh, video game because it was their likeness. This is not Weber's likeness. This is his but jersey. It is his, name. It yeah, is his, his name. name. It's not his jersey. See, there's a little. Well, see, th- th- it's the University of Michigan's jersey. It's his name on their jersey. Now, because it's his name, 
That's why I say it's sort of like. I can't remember. It the, resembles a likeness. Outside the fad five. I can't remember. their any, name. I can't remember the other players, though. Nobody bought those players' jerseys that year. It was Weber, Rose, Jackson, King. Those are the ones they bought. Mostly Weber. So I, I, it goes down to if it's your name and you're saying your name being sold, you have no no rights to any percentage of that? I would say they do, but that's sort of like I would say a, a sponsorship for the Olympics. An Olympian can get a sponsor but yet still take amateur status and, and – I think that's kind of where I'm kind of going with this where a, one swimmer can go and win a gold medal. And a long time ago, you could not get – you. Uh, if you were in college sports, you could not take that money because once you did, you were disqualified from the NCAA. So they're letting one person, because he's not a, from the country who's just going to school here, he can compete even though he gets almost a million dollars. But they're not going to let the kids or the players get any for, for the jerseys. Now, the, the games they wiped out, they're done. They ain't gonna, the EA Sports has done away with it. And that was a good game too. Why they didn't just not use the likenesses, but they just stopped doing it. So the, the kids weren't going to get they're their money. They're afraid of being sued. But if they're – well, they got sued and lost. Okay? That's why they stopped it. But the, with Weber's name or if it was my name on the back, sure, you have to negotiate this and get a contract. And that may be difficult for a kid to do. And maybe that's the issue too. The other issue is if he does get uh, the money from this uh, T-shirt, is he now disqualified because he's now being paid? Well, or, if you did it like the Olympic model, then no. It would be like a sponsorship. My problem isn't really with there. My problem is they kind of are – they're not being paid to play, but they are being compensated. They are getting an education, not always four years, but they are getting that paid for. They're getting their books paid for. They're getting room and board paid for. Nowadays, they're also getting a nutrition plan or meals paid for. All of this is compensation. I wouldn't call it direct payment like cash, but they are being paid in that context. So – if you took away that and you started to make you pay in the the players now, they would now have to pay for their own tuition. But are they getting nutrition programs? Because I've heard several players, even as far back as um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, complaining how he had to go to bed hungry. He couldn't even get uh, money together for a burger because, he, again, he could he was not allowed to have money. This goes even recently as 2014 when Shabez, I think Namir, the Portland Trailblazers, came out and said how he. Was basically poor in college. So where's the nutrition program? You're talking about old men too. Talking about today. Uh, are you telling me you're talking about? Wait a minute. Cream Abdul Jabbar did not play in 2014. No, but hold on. Cream Jabbar said that was eerily the same of Shabir, who was 2014 of what he went through. So, you're so over 50 years, the scenery. What he's trying to say, it hasn't changed. He was starving. The kids are starving today still. So you're telling me that these top-notch programs don't feed their kids, don't make sure they're on a proper nutrition. That's a good question. I'm, I think they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to perform at the high level that they do. While at least at least during season. At least during season, I'm pretty I, sure. I'd like to that think that, but I'm gonna. I, I don't really. I want to believe that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and this Shabbat are not going to lie. There's a contradiction there. If they're starving, how are they performing at a high level? Why, if there's their blood sugar would be off, they would be passing out on the court. They are. They, they, they are at least eating, or they wouldn't be able to perform at that. So such you're just high saying level. they're bringing this just to draw attention that they need. They want to get compensated at the end of the day. I say it's questionable. It's going, it's going to that direction. I don't want to say they're lying. I'm sure there are times when he did go hungry, but every college person, not just sport athletes, goes hungry. And that's part of being a college and being on your own. I mean, that, there's nothing new in there, nothing unique about going hungry during your college days. I just think that they, they are getting a nutritional plan because how can they compete at such a high level, especially in today's game, if they weren't? 
Now, beyond that, to agree with you there. Beyond the nutritional plan, they're also getting world class weight rooms to work out in, which helps benefit their game, which helps get them exposure, which helps get them into the N- well, NFL, they're NBA, all, depending well, on what we're talking about. They're getting about. free auditions too. They're auditioning every day in front of the scout, or every game, not every day. So they are being compensated. Once a week. They are being compensated. Well, when you get into the, 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 the universities now, how much money they bring in, the bowl games. Now it's turned into they're, they're naming the bowls and sponsorship, and it's become millions, if not billions, of dollars to the university. And they're really throwing these kids out as like equipment for the entertainment purpose, like the WWE almost. Just go out there for the fans to watch and all the money they're bringing in. So at what point do you – I mean, are you telling me the NFL doesn't treat their players who are paid like equipment? They they are the equipment. The true players are the coaches and the owners. Yeah, and, and the GMs. When they sign that, and you're right. When they sign that contract, though, okay, whatever so it's it is the same they sign thing. for. So getting well, the money, well, well, the college kids aren't getting paid. But g- getting them money, paying them, is not going to change that. They're still going to be the equipment because that's what they are in the pros. They're the equipment. I completely agree. But when a college player goes out there, I'm kind of trying to put myself in their shoes. If I was able to play college, was fortunate enough, and I was that gifted to play at their level, you know, they're out there watching me and what I can do. And this, the, the NCAA and the university is bringing in just a lot of money. I mean, we're not just talking a little bit, we're billions of dollars over the, now we're talking football. And we have, we have to go to the three, well, football, basketball, and hockey are the ones that generate the most revenue. The problem when it gets into is, are you going to pay the rowing team? You're gonna have the tennis to, team, the golf team. Well, that's where the problem comes in because when you when you split it up, I think after you split it up, because now it, if I'm wrong, correct me. Don't they have to pay taxes now? If they would be paid, if they had to be paid, yes, they would become employee status, which you brought and up. They would the not. Workman's comp. They would not bring. That yeah. only works if they're employees, and they wouldn't have the scholarship anymore. So they have to pay with their education. That's what I brought up earlier. Yes, that that is an, it opens up a huge can of worms because. They will have to pay everything by themselves. They wouldn't get the scholarship anymore, or they, I guess they couldn't negotiate that, but they shouldn't get it anymore because they're being paid now. They're going to be employees. They have to pay their own taxes, and all benefits they get now to get to write off, they would lose because they would, they would go beyond the, what the IRS limits to be able to write it off. There was an article that, that brought, that split it out that the football players would earn about 130 grand. Now, this is only division one. Basketball is two hundred eighty nine thousand because that's how much money the, the March Madness uh, tournament brings in. Um, but they're only figuring the basketball players. They're not thinking about the golf players or the row team. Or well, they're the also not thinking team. about their expenses. They also uh, every college has expenses that they're not talking about. They have to build the the, the, the travel the, expenses, getting them to and from the games. They have to hotel, build the stadium, a, a world class stadium. There are expenses. The coach's salary that has to be paid. Well, you just brought that up. But well, the coaches, look how much they're being compensated. I mean, they're, they're millions. The coaches are professionals. See, but but Nick Saban here and Jim Harbaugh making seven million dollars a year, and they're, they're, to bring in these kids. Now again, here we, here we are. The kids are not. They're going out there and making Harbaugh look good. Harbaugh is getting paid. And the only thing they're getting, maybe, maybe a scholarship. They may have to – some of them are walk-ons. Wait a minute. I think you're looking at – from my point of view, 
Harbaugh is making them look good because he's teaching them how to play football and to get them into the NFL. Didn't they already know, though? They had the skill. Harbaugh's got, if I don't like you, if he ever recruits you and you got the skill, he's going to offer you a scholarship. And they're going to seventh grade now with recruiting. So you don't. So if they're not me, good enough, Harbaugh's not going to even ask you. Yeah, but he still teaches them from that point on. He makes them better from that point on. Well, here we go. He is giving yeah, them something. Here, I think you're looking at here's the wrong one. Well, here's the game where he has an a, a advantage when Saban, too, that I've been in the NFL. I will teach you. My program is just like the NFL. You come here, all right, but not every kid now. Only How many kids go, what, one out of 25 go pro? It's a small number. Not every kid's going to go pro. So if the ones that, the walk-ons, they're paying for their own scholarship now. They're the one. Some of them walk on. They're trying to be big-time stars. and Until they get a scholarship, they're not paying anymore. So, yeah, they may be walk-on when they first start, but, but once before, they get a scholarship, before they get that scholarship, compensated. Though, they, they don't need to be compensated. That, that shouldn't be a job for them. And this is a question I pose because they're paying for their college, their own tuition. It isn't – they don't have a – they were offered a scholarship. They walked on for whatever reason. But that ends once they make the team. They get the scholarship nope. once they make the team. No, that, not every time. Some of those players in midseason, um, for medical reasons, one player falls off, leaves the team. They then give that scholarship to somebody else. There's been celebrations and they're being creative. Well, in midseason, now they can give this kid who's worked two years – like a true Wilson was one for the Michigan team where the first two years he didn't. Now he was fortunate his dad paid, but he was on his own. The junior year he was given a scholarship. So the first two years he was doing it on his own. Well, as far as medical goes, I know the Big Ten, they require that they, if they get hurt, they have to pay at least two years of their scholarship. And there are some universities that will pay the full four years if they are legitimately hurt. So it's not always the case that they're being kicked out. They are still being taken care of as far as their tuition goes. That's good. Goes. That's the first I've heard of that, but that's good that they're doing that because a long time ago, that wasn't the case. The person or the, the player was just thrown aside. You're not good to us anymore. Worse than, than the equipment. Um, but we, when you compare the coach's salary to what the kids and what's bringing in, you, you don't see a disparity there because that's really a number one issue right now um, with paying in the college players is you got uh, basketball programs, Izzo, Krzyzewski, making just millions, Harbaugh, uh, Saban, and these kids. And again, universities bringing in billions of dollars. They're giving the coach millions and the players nothing. Well, they're, all, they're also putting out millions or billions of dollars. Beyond that, it opens a huge can of worms because you pay the employees or you make them employees and pay the student athletes. That money's got to come from somewhere. And like I said about the library that won't be built anymore, you're going to see programs like – look at what happens in a high school. When when all of a sudden a budget crisis happens, what's the first thing to go? It's not the football program. It's the art. It's the music. It's it's. Well, there are going to be repercussions from this, and that repercussions are going to be. I'm talking there about. won't be a girl softball team. There won't be a bowling team so anymore. That's, it's okay. all going to be that's the generating sport, so they can because the universities are still going to have their profit margins, and they're still going to want to make their millions of dollars. That nothing's going to change that, and that's why this opens a can of worms. And beyond it opens a can of worms from the student itself in, in as far as what they're making. Money.com had a great article about what, what actually goes into the, the scholarship. A full athletic scholarship, a grant in aid, and an NCAA, NCAA Division I university is about $65,000 if you enroll at a college with high tuition. This includes such private colleges as Stanford, Duke, Northwestern, USC, Syracuse, and Vanderbilt. The scholarship is $45,000 for tuition, 
20000 for room and board and books. At state universities, the scholarship would be lower if you were an in-state student because tuition would then be reduced to 13000 But if Michigan, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh recruits nationwide and wants a high school player from California or Texas, the University of Michigan outstate tuition bumps up to about the same as that charge for private colleges. A coach could offer a recruit a salary instead of a scholarship. A scholarship, excuse me. Does a one hundred thousand salary give the student athlete a better deal than the sixty-five thousand dollars scholarship? The one hundred thousand dollars salary is impressive. A future Heisman Trophy winner might command more, but a hundred thousand dollars is not bad for an eighteen-year-old out of high school. But since it's salary and not a scholarship, it's subject to federal and state income taxes. Tuition and college expenses would not be deductible because the income level surpasses the IRS eligibility limit. So a student athlete paid a salary would owe $23,800 in federal income taxes and $6,700 in state taxes, a total of $30,500. In cities that levy an employee payroll tax, the the salaried student's tax goes up to $2,400 per year. Income taxes then are totaled at $32,900. As an employee, the player would have to pay at least $2,000 more in taxes, such as Social Security, for a grand total of $34,900. This leaves the college player with $65,100. Since college bills come to $65,000, the player is left with $100. So what are they being paid? They're not. In that aspect, they're getting paid $100. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's being masked as a whatever hundred and thirty thousand dollars salary, so, so actually that becomes worse for the for the that becomes worse for the college because the college is not not paying sixty five thousand anymore. They're paying a hundred thousand. So now the college has to pay more for the same exact product, the same outcome. Now that is a great point. I think that I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that. But what they're using right now is some numbers that I'm going to read to you that are just astounding. This is from the Knight Commission, and they look up revenues, uh, salaries, what conferences are bringing in. But the five major conferences, and this is football alone, the SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, and Pac-12, their profits increased by 266% from 2005 to 2015. Now, in 2015, the 53 public schools from the five major conferences paid their football coaching staff, which is 530 individuals, $405 million. The, compared to the 179.8 million in scholarships to their football players, so these these numbers here look it it looks like they're giving a lot of the money to the coaches, and really with the scholarships, not a lot of money. That money there would though, but probably increase, and you see basically other sports. I kind of see where they're they're not seeing the effect of their cause. Not at all. I think it's going to open using up a huge can numbers. Of well, they're using these numbers because they are bringing in 405 million dollars. And that's pretty much the, the five networks involved or conferences. And that's just for football. That's a lot of money that they're bringing in. There's also another part of the can of worms. You're going to also have to welcome in unions because now they're going to want to be represented. And worse than that, they're going to start holding out. And they won't hold out as a freshman or a sophomore. But their junior year, all of a sudden they're going to say, I want to get paid more. And they're not. They're going to hold out, and that's going to ruin well, college football that's gonna, and, and basketball too. It's going to snowball. It, it well in the direction that it's going, it's going to get out of control. I think to the point to where yeah, that there, but all the other sports are going to go away. It's going to be more of a of an academic institution, and it won't be the student athletes anymore, unless it's football, basketball, hockey, and maybe baseball. 
baseball doesn't bring in a lot of revenue for the NCAA. Well, there's one other um, point I like to bring up. What incentive does the uh, a paid athlete have to go to school? He's a good thing. I'm getting paid. I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this education anymore. I, this is going to take me into the NFL. Well, I don't need to go to school. I don't need to, to study anymore. It's rare, and that's the point. They're going to the university that's is hap- for the education. That's happening right now. Basketball mostly. So this is going to exacerbate the problem. It's going to make it worse. So if it's the, happening now, the NFL has a rule that you can't. You have to go two years, be at least a sophomore, before you can enter the NFL draft. So the kids can't do that. Basketball, however, though, they're one and dones. I mean, they're just playing one year. Now, Ben Simmons is a good example who played three years ago for LSU as a freshman and just went there just for the exposure. It was from the get-go. It was just a one year he was going there. The classes he took were from basket weaving to home economics to cooking. These classes were just a joke, and it was just for that. So he gets a scholarship. He had the grade point average to meet it. And then he was on to the NBA. And yeah, he was a third round, I think the third round overall pick, a number one pick, nevertheless, making millions of dollars now. So that was just a one-year thing that I was all planned. Everyone knew that Ben was Simmons was going to be a one and done. So, now in basketball more than others, football, you can't do that. It doesn't matter. What do you think they're going to happen when they're getting paid? I'm serious. Answer that question because they're not going to want to take their academic um, career seriously anymore because it won't matter to them as much. It is because they're going to think. Well, it will. Gonna, it will matter even less once they're being paid because they're going to say, "I'm already getting paid. I'll get paid even more in the NFL or the, or well, baseball or NBA. I don't need to take this seriously." Now, if they get an agent, the agent will rep- represent them. You can't play all these payers equally because you're going to have one person saying, "I'm worth more. I need. I, well, I require more." There's where the agents come in to negotiate that contract. But that still doesn't answer the point that they're not going to take academics seriously once they get paid. I, they, I'm not saying everyone. No, you're right, but, but, they, but they don't now. They don't. And paying them money is going to is going to pour fuel. How on many the fire. times it's going to make it worse? We'll have to do this next uh, when the football season starts. When they introduce themselves and they're they're showing their majors. How many times is it general studies, or it's just this most lame? Whatever course that they're in, it's not. Now, there are a few that were business and economics and architecture, fine. But most of these guys, it's just general, not even liberal arts anymore, general studies because they know it's already happening. They're there. They're, they're not there for the education. If anything, they may go back afterwards, but that's not the case. They're just going there to get the notoriety, and they know darn well the, in the football case after two years, they're out the door. Well, that's a problem with the pragmatism in the university. The end justifies the means, so I can just put them in these BS classes just to get them to say they're they're actual students when they're not. That's a problem with the university. And they also will pass their because they got to have a certain GPA to be on the team, whether it be a one point five or two point whatever it is. And these easier classes, they can pass those. Pragmatism again. It's it it doesn't solve the problem. It, it makes it worse. You're just saying that, you're just saying that the, the principles don't matter of, of getting an education. That's the point of going to college is to get an education primarily. It's also extracurricular. So you can play football, baseball, what have you, but the point is an education and that, and that is being totally overlooked and it's going to be thrown no. away and it's going to be in, in the back seat. Correct. What's going to matter well, is that back, I'm getting paid. Back in the fifties, it was education, sixties and seventies. Um, I don't know if at the 80s it stopped, but it was about the education. You were going to get a free education as long as you performed and you met the uh, requirements. And then you were off on your own and you're whatever you're going to do if it wasn't in uh, professional sports. So it was about the education back in the 50s, but it wasn't the TV money either. 
the TV money has just complete the, the, the change of scenario reversal from night and day to where now the there are some people who are advocating that the and I don't believe this but the players are almost equivalent to, to uh, slave labor they're not getting paid I would, now, that's I, that's you've already brought up that, the, all the stuff that they do get paid they're going to go it's re, it's not relevant to the amount of money the universities are bringing in but again until you just brought up what happens now if they were employees there's another thing where it's an interesting stat that out of the 40 50 states in 40 of the states the top 3 employees or paid state employees are college football coaches they're making more money than governors the politicians that's the free market i'm not well, promise that but hold on your slave labor comment it's not even close. Not my it it, that's what's being okay. brought up. To the, Them bringing it up, these players it's not are even not close getting paid. Because if it's slave, it's done, it's done by force. And these kids are not forced to go, to go there in any way whatsoever. They want to go there. So it's not slave labor. It may, I agree. You may have an argument that it's a form of labor. I don't think and so. They're not but, getting paid, but, but they're compensated. Not, it's not slave labor. Okay. I can actually pinpoint the problem when this all started. Our little subtopic our, our name our tagline is uh linking the chains of reasons to sports politics and culture well this is all three because the sports of it is it happened in the olympics uh the it, and the olympics changed the culture and it was done by politics and the politics was the communist the eastern bloc communist countries were actually making their olympians professionals and that was considered not fair in the free world and from then on in, it all of a sudden became now we can pay our, our Olympians. We can, and that then jumped from Olympics to college sports. But 1980 kind of threw it out the window when that's, the, that's an those anomaly. Kids. You're right, but that's an anomaly for the most part. I mean, what it, no, the Russians if, were smoking every, every single Olympics. very same year before they played the Miracle on Ice game, they lost 10 to 1 to that very same team. The Americans lost to the Russians. They were professionals. And those players were. They were in the Army disguised not just as being those. in the Army. Remember the old uh, East German yeah. women weightlifting? You tell me they weren't professionals? Well, that, yeah. And again. they weren't cheating on steroids or, or the drugs they had back then? The, the point is, that's where it started, and it, it snowballed to where it went from Olympics to now college sports, and there is a problem. Now, the only way I can say solving it is doing what they did, what they're doing now for the Olympics. You can now actually get a sponsorship. You can get endorsements and still be considered an amateur and play or, or compete in the Olympics. If they did the same thing in the NCAA, whether it's baseball, football, hockey, let let them go out and get their endorsements. That way they're going to get paid. They're going to get some kind of extra money, especially the real good ones, and they can still compete as amateurs. This is eerily, it's like the Olympic model. But this is eerily like the Super Bowl. We talked about this in, in a previous podcast, how it's changed the culture. Super Bowl back in the day was nothing. Now it's all about commercials, how much money they're paying for the commercials. Players weren't making that much back in the 50s. The players had to have a job in the offseason. Well, now in the college, it's the same thing. These bowl games are big money. Again, they're using the, the kids as being used to make this big money, but that TV money wasn't back. It wasn't back there in the day, so it's totally changed the, the whole scenery of college sports and the money. It's now it's more of a business than it was back in the fifties. It wasn't. They weren't in the Michigan wasn't in to make money back in the fifties for football. It was just, it was a sport. It was to bring out you know whatever like high school. If you could fill that stadium up and they sold the tickets, then you got a little bit of revenue. That's completely changed now. Well, you bring up Michigan, not 
trying to make money. Well, that's the another of the epistemological in, in the problems. 50s. It, that's another one of the epistemological problems I have with the NCAA because they're supposed to be nonprofit. They want to hold on to their nonprofit status, and that's what saves them from antitrust lawsuits, although they are being sued now in antitrust courts. The point is they're no longer nonprofit. They're, they don't want they don't want to tie well, themselves down under to, that title of nonprofit. They don't yeah, want I, to tie themselves down to any strict concrete definition. And like I talked earlier about Floyd abstractions, that's the same thing with their nonprofit status. They're not truly nonprofit, and that is the problem. They are pretending to be nonprofit, but they're actually profit. No, I completely agree with the money that they're making alone. Not just the universities, the NCAA is just making a killing. And the, uh, the, a good example are the bowl games and the NCAA tournament, which is coming up around the corner. They're making billions. I mean, th- we said the number one call in sick day was uh, the Super Bowl the day after. Your number two is? What? The Thursday and Friday of the first NCAA uh, weekend. March Madness, yes. Because there's like 18 games from uh, 12 noon to 12 midnight, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And you got em- uh, employers who are trying to combat this whole – them being off. So it's changed the culture. Now you got gambling that's coming up in us. You got more money flowing into it. This is, this is only going to get worse. And I completely agree. I don't think their cause is seeing the effect down the road. And it's going to really change the landscape for the, the lower sports. You're always going to have football. That's not going anywhere you're going to have a basketball baseball i don't know i think that's going to go away and hockey was surprisingly to me the third generating revenue of all the four sports i mean i think girls softball made more money than the boys baseball so the boys baseball the ncaa is not you don't even hear of it um as far as uh, them making the money it's the other th- two basketball and football are really bringing the revenue so what do you see as the real casualties then if we start paying the college athletes or no there'll, there'll be no more of the when i say lower level sports the wrestling eastern michigan already lost their wrestling program and that's going to really spawn out to where uh, uh girls basketball that's going to go away although that's po- that's coming up in popularity so they may stick with if they pay the girls see I'll, again it depends about this paying and what, the ones they can't pay, which is the rowing team, yeah, that sport's going away. But wait a minute. If they pay the girls Title IX, that's going to make them. Well, Title IX has to be do, changed before Anything they can... you do to the males, you have to do to the females with Title IX. So they're going to have to be paid. Which and that's means... going to have to be changed. The Title IX, it won't – look, you're not going to do it because the, the boys' basketball uh, program brings in three times what the girls does. You're not gonna. That's irrelevant now. That's not gonna change, at least in the well, face of the law. Title Nine, yeah. It's, it's, they're gonna want the, the equal pay, but that's not gonna happen because they're not bringing equal money. As long as it's the law, it's gonna I have understand. to happen. What I'm telling you is they're gonna have to change that. If they're gonna pay players, Title Nine goes away. It's gonna have, or be altered or changed to where that's not gonna be the case because universities will I think then, that's a fantasy world. I think Title Nine will stick around and you're gonna have to pay the, the females, as, not as much the, as, but you're gonna have to pay them. And what's gonna happen? The real casualty will be no, they, the, the lower sports and academics. Well, academics are gonna get hurt, yes, but then the females, they're gonna, gonna cancel that program. Now basketball was just a case where, no, there's just a case where they tried, they tried taking away, I forget what college it was, but they tried taking away the girls' sports and the judge said no. You have to put the, the the girls program back on there and get rid of the the men's wrestling. It's going to be interesting where it goes. That's forward, why then. I say. That's why I say Title Nine is going to force the women to be paid, and that's going to cause. You say the causes don't see their effects. It's going to cause academic losses. So in the end, I don't think we can put a conclusion on this because it's only going to get worse as we go. Because right now, with all these numbers, they're setting it up to where eventually. It's going to happen. It's going to come down the road. I hope it doesn't, but you're going to see college players be be, uh, compensated. 
I don't think they should, but I think you're right. I think it, eventually it's going to happen. Well, I'd like to tell you once again, remind you how to get in touch with us. Our email address is granddesignspodcast at yahoo.com. Our, you can also get in touch with us at our website at granddesignspodcast.com. Instagram is Grand Design Podcast, and Twitter is Grand Designs Pod. Grand Designs Podcast. 